0: Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by KMT Partners. I'm Andrew Montesi. In this episode, I talk to Kathy Toth, business consultant and chair of KMT Partners. Kathy shares the story of KMT, which was founded by her father after he emigrated from Hungary, and the values that were instilled in her and the business during those early years. Over more than 3 decades, Kathy has advised clients across a range of business types, sizes, and industries as well as helping individuals grow their wealth. Kathy talks about how business has evolved over her time, challenges facing business owners now, lessons learned about business growth and the common qualities shared by the most successful people she's worked with. This podcast is brought to you by KMT Partners. KMT is a leading accounting and wealth management advisory firm in South Australia, assisting you to emerge, renew, grow and build resilience in business themes which are central to this podcast series. For more information visit kmtpartners.com.au Kathy welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you it's good to be here.
0: Now I want to turn back the clock a fair way. Uh, Your father started what is now KMT and he immigrated from Hungary. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit a little bit about his story and how he came to be um, in Adelaide.
1: Okay. Well, dad, um, was very anti-communist. And at the time we left Hungary and I was born there too, he, um, really, he had a law degree that was useless because it was a communist system and he couldn't work because he wouldn't join the communist party. And so he, um, when the Russians came back into Hungary in, um, October 56, um, in November, my parents decided that, Dad actually decided that they were leaving, grabbed the two kids, two suitcases, and headed for the Austrian border, like a lot of Hungarians. I think Australia accepted 14,000 refugees from Mm. Hungary at that time. So we were for a while in Austria, and and he had an old um, college friend here in Adelaide and and decided that Australia was the better choice rather than America or Canada, uh, probably for the climatic reasons Mm. that a lot of people have decided. (laughs) And, um, so, so we ended up, uh, on a Italian ship via Cape Town to Australia, um, landing in Perth and then coming to Adelaide and where, where we had some friends, as, as we said. And, um, so th- that's where it started. He, he, his law degree was useless here because it was Roman law, uh, not judge and jury system. And his, Eng- he felt his English would never be good enough. Mm. Um, you know, in his late 30s to, to be a lawyer. So what he what he did was worked at Holden's as a storeman, like a lot of immigrants did then, and studied accountancy by correspondence. And that was one of the two ways to do accountancy in those days. You either became basically an apprentice to a chartered accounting firm or did the Hemingway and Robertson accounting course by correspondence and that made you a CPA. <laughs> So it was. Um, he, he worked his way through that, and then worked in the public trustee for many years, where his knowledge of Latin stood him in good stead. Mm. <laughs> but and then they went on a holiday to Fiji, and he de- decided that he'd really love to live on a tropical island. And he got a job as an auditor with Price Waterhouse. But prior to that, he'd already had a few clients where he was just doing, you know, tax stuff and basically tax returns and small, very small business stuff. And, uh, and he handed that over to someone to mind while they went away for three years to do that. And then he came back and took up, decided that he wouldn't go back and work for someone else and went into practice fully on his own. So he took back some of those clients and because he had a really great personality, I think it was a large part of it. Um, you know, he got a lot of referrals and he, you know, and he worked hard for his clients. And I think you know that's one of the keys mm. that you know service is everything in our industry it is the service industry mm. um yeah so he built up the practice and then unfortunately in the in around nineteen eighty he he had a um a brain tumor and um had that removed and but he he was struggling after that mm. and so I started to i was studying science at uni and um I started to help him, and I, thought, I know nothing about this. So I actually uh, changed to economics with accounting majors and started to learn about accounting more, so I could help him, and wow. and got involved that way.
0: Wow, it's it's fascinating. Just seems like a, an incredibly resourceful person, you know, being able to. Um, yeah, you know, even just that—the the challenge of juggling the study while working and and moving—it's it's an incredible, um, incredible story.
1: Well, I think a lot of the Central European migrants, you know, a lot—they were all um, migrants from communism, the Eastern Europeans basically, um, or, or refugees from communism in, in those times, and and so therefore they, a lot of them were intelligent and educated. Mm. And they could
0: see the opportunity, clearly.
1: Yeah, and it's sort of a different... You know, it's the balancing act of Australia, really, Mm. because these southern Europeans were really economic refugees Mm. and they were hard workers and farmers and, you know, from villages. And and it's beautiful to see the evolution Mm. that, you know, there's that balance that's come out of it in Australia, that they really did a lot of the work of of working for Mm. Australia... And the other immigrants probably had the education. Now the educational side has caught up, mm. and so it, it's sort of balanced out very nicely. And that's been the wonder of Australia in mm. many
0: ways. As a youngster, did you pick up any business lessons? What what stood stood out at the time?
1: In terms of clients, businesses, or dads, or well,
0: maybe your dad's approach.
1: I think. Uh, look, I think his approach was always, you know, do what's best for the client, make sure that it's legal, make sure that things move forward. I can remember very early days him surfing a client who he he had determined was a serial bankrupt. You know, he'd, he'd actually wind up his companies every few years and make money, you know. Mm. Um, and Dad just wasn't happy with that. He, You know, you do what you can. Within the letter of the law, mm. not, not outside of it and, and not to other people's disadvantage. Mm. And I think that philosophy in business generally is, is a good one. You know, mm. it's not only how you deal with people and how you service your clients, but the ones that you don't want to service because they don't fit into a, a proper mold, mm. you know, and, and there are lots of cultures that sort of try to skirt around the edges. Mm. We, we all make jokes about, You know, the Chinese never want to put the wages on the books and all those (laughs) types of things. And it's very true, but it's an educational thing. Mm. And, you know, we've had clients like that over the years, but we educate them that, you know, if I can see that it's rubbish, (laughs) it's not hard for anyone else to see it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: so, you know, you you have to play the game to Mm. have a good society.
0: When you first came into the business to, to help the old man, was there a... Uh, Straightaway a love for for the type of work, or did it have to grow on you a little bit?
1: Um, I suppose I was always into numbers in a way, so in that sense probably not. But but I but I also like people, and I, and I think it's very much a a people game because you know you can't you can't be everything to everybody, but it you have to fit in personality sense, and mm. you have to be able to talk to people at their level, and that was Dad's big skill too that. Didn't matter if they were, you know, a bricklayer or if they were a, you know, a scientist, mm. you, he could talk to the right pitch. Um, and that's what you need to be able to do with people because if, if they can't understand how you're talking and what you're talking about, mm. I always say to people, if you don't understand it, don't do it. You mm. know, so I will, I will have the patience to repeat it and repeat mm. it until they understand the core cool concepts, at least. Because how can you feel comfortable with something you don't understand? Mm,
0: Absolutely. What have been some of the key changes in business over Mm -hmm. your journey? I mean, it's a very open question. It's probably difficult to find a place to start.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think... There, there, there've been so many. I mean, it, in a technical sense, with tax law, corporate law, trust law, everything. That there are changes all the time in determinations in how the tax office approaches things, how ASIC approaches things. Financial planning was a big change, but I think the biggest change is technology for everyone. And we started almost, I'd say, probably fifteen odd years ago on a path of trying to become a paperless office. And that took a long time, but we've reaped the benefits. There are probably still practices around, and I see them. There's one that I've got past. You know, they've got files lining the walls. And I'm thinking, why would you do that in today's world? But you have to have a, a mind to change, mm. and change isn't easy. You know, you have to make that decision and, you know, run with it mm. and force yourself to do it mm. sometimes. And so we've, we've been very good with that. We now have got rid of virtually every filing cabinet and every bookshelf that we ever had. The last of the bookshelves is going. Wow. Because all the financial planning stuff is scanned in. And, um, you know, and, and that's, that's what we need to do in today's mm. world, which means you can then consolidate. You don't need as much office space. You know, you get savings in business from, from that, but there is a cost to it along the way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: an investment.
1: It's an investment in the future because everything is, you know, geared towards the cloud. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting because probably I don't know when myob started but my guess is about 20 years ago along with GST in about 2000, myob really came to force as an accounting package but they really sold people a bill of goods. It wasn't mind your own business. It was very hard yards for most people Mm. because... The technology wasn't there yet, but now with products like Xero and my playing playing catch up all mm. the time, but with products like Xero that were designed for the cloud, bookkeeping is, is going to become totally redundant. There will mm. be data feeds direct to the tax office as things happen, mm. which is probably scary for a lot of people, but not if you're <laughs> keeping to a proper path. Mm. So... So it, it really, though, those so advisory and advising your clients for the right directions and how to keep those paths is going to become mm. the big future for practices like ours.
0: Well, it's a massive challenge, I would imagine, because with such constant change in business and your clients look to you for advice, you need to be up to speed. How do you keep on top of everything?
1: By sheer will, <laughs> you mm. know, it, it, because you have to. I mean, we haven't got a choice about being in those spaces and being educated in those spaces because every single client has some impact from that. You know, it it may not be that, you know, the brickie or the plumber will use a lot of that, but it's amazing how many of them do use um, uh, apps off their phone. And so it's simplified... They don't have to know what's going on in the background, but the app gives them the ability Mm. to give an immediate invoice or um, collect an immediate payment or Mm. all of those types of things. So, of course, they're eager to capture those bits of technology that really help them simplify their business, collect their payments quicker, all those types of things. And we have to be able to provide the backdrop for that Mm. and and the back office for that Mm. in many ways.
0: Technology is obviously a massive challenge for business owners. Uh, in your experience, what are you seeing as some of the other big challenges that, uh, that are facing business owners?
1: Well, probably they, the, the pluses and the minuses all come from technology because in comp, the competition of, of online shopping and online services... Affects a lot of businesses. Obviously, all retail businesses are impacted in in mm. some sort of way, and so it forces them, like it forces us, to look at what they can make as a differentiator, where they can value add to those things, so that the attraction is in coming to you, not into a, to an online facility. Um, obviously, some things can't happen. Online, so, mm. so that it won't affect those. But I think, you know, challenges in business are always very similar. People think businesses are different, but they're not. It's cash flow and you can be making lots of money, but if your cash flow is not good, you're going to go bust mm. because you can't pay your bills and someone's not going to like that, especially a bank. Mm. And I think, you know, there are a lot of good things happening, you know, with challenges to the banks because I think banks have not seen themselves In the position they should be in they've they've been there to make a lot of money for their shareholders and their massively paid ceos and board of directors Mm. but they haven't been there to service the community in the way they should Mm. and so they penalize people that they perceive to be higher risk Mm. by higher interest rates and and those types of things so you know there are there are those challenges to overcome but they're more societal challenges Mm. sometimes than individual business
0: challenges. Mm, absolutely, one of the great things I would imagine about your um, your career is this exposure you would have had to many great businesses, many great business owners and professionals. What are some of the common qualities shared by people who have made it, who have who have found success?
1: Yeah, probably determination. Um, you know, having having a, a Will to to get something done, having a passion for something. Without those things, without a passion for what you're doing, you're never going to be successful. Mm. So, so that's a you know a no-brainer. No. And I think you know I've seen that in in several clients. Um, one who 30 years ago was uh, basically bankrupt and and their company was dissolved, and now is a multi-millionaire just Phenomenal. through. Dogged determination, a wife who was really good at, and came in and helped keep the books, and um, and great ideas, you know that, that he developed and patented and did all the right things and moved forward with. It's great, mm. and and you know now it's moving on to another generation, and that generation's building it even better. So, so, you know, you, you get real pleasure out of seeing that progression through multiple generations because I've got clients that were clients, still, still have clients that were clients of my father's from 50 years ago, which is scary. Wow. And so, you know, you've seen a generational, several, two generations quite often going through that process. Mm. And, um, and that's, that is one of the amazing things because you feel like, you know, that you feel close to that
0: because mm. of the history. And I guess further to that question is, what are some of the trends or common uh, growth factors that you've noticed of people who have, you know, like that example that you gave where someone's gone from a pretty low base to find their way into a multi-million dollar business?
1: Look, some people can just do it naturally. They're just natural entrepreneurs. Most people succeed through taking good advice at the right time. And that is, and, and, you know, some people don't value advice, and perhaps we as accountants haven't really been great at promoting the value in some of the advice we give, because it's too easy if somebody comes to see me and they say say something, and I say, oh yeah, well we can fix that, and I, and I've got an immediate answer. They don't value that it might have taken me twenty years of experience to have that immediate answer. Mm. So if they get a bill for. For, you know, for a few hundred dollars because I could give them an answer in five minutes, they're going to say, but that was five minutes, that's very expensive. Mm. You know, and, and people who think like that actually don't appreciate what goes mm. into the learning curve. And mm. and and I think they they probably struggle to be more successful because then next time they're going to say, oh, I'm not going to ask. Mm. at all or I'm not going to go there because it costs me too much money so they'll suffer through something and not get a result now probably early in my career I probably never charged for that sort of thing because I just you know you're building a business you don't think about mm. it and and it took me a long time to recognize the value of my own growth curve mm. and I think some people in business still don't mm. you know they 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 worry about a margin And the margin isn't really the the thing that you should be thinking about. It's the value.
0: Mm. It's a really good point because I think, as you said, a a lot of business owners, particularly consultants and people in the advisory space, it's, it's that tension because someone looks at an hourly rate. Yeah, and and make their own assumptions about value when they're not actually considering the factors that you're talking about.
1: No, absolutely. And look, when you're looking at bookkeeping services and things like that, sure, it should be an hourly rate, and it should be relatively trivial because it's not what mm. accounting is really about. Unfortunately, accountants haven't been good marketers, mm. and and they've tended to be doing the bookkeeping to produce the end result, which was the tax return, and their advice sort of filtered in there mm. somewhere, but. It w- wasn't ever viewed as the key factor. Mm. These days with more timely information, it is becoming more apparent that the advice and the timeliness of the advice is the key factor that mm. really creates the the, the 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 better prospect for the
0: client mm. in the long term. Absolutely. I mean, you've mentioned one client, but are there any others who have made a particular impact? I mean, I know you, there's probably many that you could single out, but any, anyone jump to mind that has... Left a, an, an impact, maybe not just because of business, but because of other personal or um, or other reasons. Oh,
1: I think there are many, as you say, but I think one in particular where they run a school for the um, mentally disabled, and I call it a school because they try to educate. Where and really, it came from the day option facilities that, that were offered f- for these types of kids, and these kids range from post secondary to fifty years old so it's a broader spectrum mm. than that but these clients have had a passion to look after people in these circumstances and have developed a standout facility where where that these kids come they're they're called participants now because we have to have all the um right lingo but mm. the participants <laughs> come and they're they they have a beautiful farm environment they're they're um looked after in a very special way as opposed to a lot of facilities where they're sat down in front of a TV set um, for the day. And they have the opportunity to mingle with animals, to work on the olive grove. Um, to, to do all sorts of art. They've got a beautiful facility with computers, with, you know, screen projections that, that, that you can actually move things around on a wall and, you know, all sorts of things, a sensory room. And, and they've now started, they're almost ready to go with a camp facility, which will be providing a transition um, a little educational uh, program for kids who are going to transition from their homes into group living mm. of some sort and and help them with some basic skills like cooking living away from home for a you know a week or so getting used to that type of environment and that's just brilliant you know we, we just went up to visit the facility um, a couple of weeks ago and the amount of work that's gone into it and and how it looks and how it all fits together. You know, they've got a special workroom for, to do some timber work and they're getting a, a guy who, who's semi retired, who's a specialist in, in, uh, wood, woodwork to come and help with the, um, participants. So, it, you know, there's just so many amazing things and these kids turn around from being difficult, you know, kids who might have even stabbed their parents or, you know, the police are called regularly because they're violent and that because they've got they're engaged and they, they li- like what's going on there they've become mm. totally different people
0: it's inspiring work
1: oh it, it is and 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 hard work mm. it's really hard work mm. um because because you know you're dealing with basically a lot of them are probably a mental age of between you know about 5 to maybe 7 maybe some of them are smarter but they have other mental issues and, and you know, you, so you're, you're dealing with that constantly and the, there is no evolution or, or there's little evolution and so every milestone is great and they've always treated it like a school. So they publish milestones for the parents mm. um, so, so that they know that there is an improvement. That's and, brilliant. Yeah,
0: it is. It's great. They do a great job. Brilliant. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for sharing uh, not only your story but insights that you've that you've picked up over the many years. Um, We really appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to our interview with Kathy Toth. Ahead of the Game brings you business stories that will inspire and help you grow. Please subscribe to our show and to find out more visit kmtpartners.com.au. At our website, you can also find out more about KMT's accounting and wealth advisory services, which support individuals, their family, and their businesses with accounting, business, management, growth, compliance, and advisory services. Get in touch at kmtpartners.com.au.